0: Welcome to Identity Church Sunday morning message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Interesting. I think I needed that. Matter of fact, I know I needed that. Okay, well Welcome, welcome, welcome I want to, uh, let's just We just want to go from worship And I want to go ahead and uh, let's take an offering Um, Susie, if you can put the uh, text phone number up there It's 386-753 Three, two, three, three. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I know that in the midst of this COVID situation, and um, I've tightened down some of the interaction here, and we'll be doing more uh, pre-taping and live streaming just to give us some safety among ourselves. So, uh, please bear with us. Um, I believe that that is the wisdom that the Lord gave me. Um, with, uh, we, we had two weeks in a row, um, situation where we had some exposure to people in the congregation and, uh, in a time of prayer, the Lord gave me a, a pretty decent strategy that I thought I had a good strategy. Then he added to it. So, you know, he seems to think he knows what he's doing. And so we will be doing live streaming, um, and we will not meet, um, and interact until January the 7th. One of the reasons the Lord said that, He said if you're going to uh, not meet for prevention, go ahead and add that third week because of everybody intermingling during Christmas. So that is why we did that. Um, I just ask you to continue to be faithful with your giving. Uh, You know, this is some trying times, but I have to tell you that God has been extremely faithful to us as a body and as a church. So I also want to tell you he must be faithful within your house also. Uh, also, so um, you know, there's you can drop a check in the mail, you can text, you can get onto the website, you can get onto uh, the giving app, and uh, I just thank you for your faithfulness. Um, but this is uh, we're winding up 2020. You know, we're just a couple weeks away that uh, we'll be going 2021. And, uh, but I just, uh, I just, I, I just have an urgency in my spirit. Um, I believe that, the, the Lord has showed me, um, and I'm gonna preach tonight. Uh, the message I have is the anointed one. And, um, um, I'm gonna take some things apart and look at how Christ is portrayed in Scripture and how we are walking the same road that He did. But, uh, I just, I just want to share with you that, that next week we have Bill Vanderbush. It's going to be here and he's going to bring us a teaching and a, you know, Bill the Revelator. Uh, it'll be good. Um, he's definitely, uh, one of the pillars and friends of the house. So I'm, can, uh, I'm just a kind of anticipating, listen to him just start taking a simple scripture that I've read 150 times and actually explain it to me. And so I know you'll be well pleased with that. So just be in prayer. But just be in, uh, we need to be in prayer for our nation. Our nation is in tor- turmoil right now. Our nation is in a crisis of belief or sometimes unbelief. Uh, but I believe that uh, it is ripe uh, for harvest. Um, I I had breakfast this morning with... uh some certified evangelist people who just that they wake up wanting to lead people to Christ and i believe that we're about to see the true evangelist within the body of Christ emerge uh in the time of crisis is when the harvest comes and and our nation is in crisis and so um uh, if you made up your mind not to partner with fear. You've made up your mind not to partner with unbelief. Why don't we partner with evangelism and uh, uh, share the gospel and uh, get a few people saved? So that's uh, that's my plug for what I believe is going to happen in 2021. And um, I will be helping facilitate some of these people that sit in the office of an evangelist. And, and I'm more than just evangelists, sitting in the office of evangelists, that means that they're anointed to reproduce that in others. And so we're going to be doing that here shortly. If you'll go to your Bibles, um, Miss, Miss Susie, is, uh, she's loaded for bear. I have a lot of Scripture, um, so the Scripture will be um, on the screen. But I want to paint a picture for you this morning. We're, what, four or five days from Christmas, and so this is, consider this my Christmas message. Um, you know, you, you this is not going to be sweet baby Jesus laying in a manger. Um, you know, my my uh, born-again experience uh, uh, was not sweet baby Jesus laying in a manger. The king of kings walked through the wall and gave me an ultimatum, serve me or I'll let hell have its way with you. So I met a king. Who carried life and death in his hands, and he had enough wisdom to scare the living heebie-jeebies out of me, and I chose him. But I want to—I want—I want to break some of the myths, the Christmas myth about Jesus. Um, in Matthew chapter one, verse sixteen, um, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. You know, so so we, we see right there in, in Matthew. Now you got to realize Matthew was written, I think, 60, 60 something years after the death of Jesus Christ. So by then Jesus had a reputation as being the anointed one. That word Christ is anointed, um, the anointed, uh, the anointed one, or the Messiah. Um, The word Christ is anointed in the Greek translation of the Hebrew word renders Messiah, the official title of our Lord, occurring 514 times in the New Testament. It denotes that he was anointed or consecrated to his great redemptive work as a prophet, a priest, and a king to his people. To believe that Jesus is the Christ is the belief that he is the anointed one. The Messiah of the prophets, the Savior sent from God that He was, in a word, what He claimed to be. You know, Jesus claimed to be the Son of the Living God. Do you realize that what you claim to be, some people like and some people don't like? And I 'm telling you, there were some religious folk who did not like his claim. It is to believe <clears throat> this is to believe the gospel by the faith of which alone men can be brought into God. That Jesus is the Christ, is the testimony of God, and the faith of this Constitution as a Christian. Luke 4, verse 18 through 20. I'm going to put some emphasis as I kind of parallel the Christmas story. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. By the way, that's red letter edition in your Bible. Jesus himself is talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus is saying, God the Father, the one who sent me, has anointed me. Now, I have functioned under the anointing before. And when I function under the anointing, um, the miracles happen. The hearts of men are drawn toward God. The anointing does the supernatural work. But then you have to say, am I anointed? Having a message that was under the anointing is different than being anointed. Jesus said, I am anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendees and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now this is Jesus just before he starts his public ministry you got to realize he was 33 and a half years old. This is not sweet baby Jesus laying in a manger. I think there's a myth about Jesus' early years. He, he, here's my problem. When we super-spiritualize the birth of Christ and we super-spiritualize the destiny and the life that he lived, let me explain some things that he had to overcome The accusation of the day is that Mary had slept with Joseph. There's no way she could have been a virgin. We like to read this scripture and say, yay, God. But in her culture, she was called names. In their culture, he was considered a bastard child. Don't make this religious assumption that Jesus did not have to put up with the opinions of his neighbors, the opinions of some crazy um, um, uh, person in their city. Mary had a reputation as far as people were concerned. You know, if you really look at scripture, Elizabeth probably had the right understanding because John the Baptist, when in baby form, jumped in her womb when, when the Christ walked in. But I'm telling you, not everybody had a baby jump when Mary walked around. A lot of them had gossip. A lot of them had an opinion. A lot of them talked about the Christ. Would you read between the lines, when Jesus' ministry starts, can anything good come out of that little town of Nazareth? Can can can? And, and everything was accusi- an accusation. Why? Because the devil is an accuser of the brethren. And the devil wants to make sure you have unbelief and doubt. So when, when Jesus is sitting at, at 33 years old, and he says, the anointing is upon me, I, I love some of these people that, 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 that run around and go, hey, I, I'm anointed. My, my question is, for what? Jesus, God the Father doesn't anoint you for nothing. He anoints you to do something. Jesus said, I'm anointed, and he listed what he was supposed to do. So how, you know, if you think you got an anointing, you need to ask your question, what am I doing with it? Am I healing the sick, casting out devils, bringing a harvest to the kingdom? Now, the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, this is Matthew one eighteen. she was found to be with child and by the Holy Spirit. See, the word says by the Holy Spirit, but the Gossips called her names. Can you imagine the names? See, Mary was pledged, engaged. It's not like our engagement. To get out of this kind of engagement, it would require a divorce. However, it would not have they would not have consummated the relationship at that point. But when somebody gets pregnant, there's an assumption. And then there's a gossip train. And then there's all this false evidence that has to be dealt with. Matthew chapter 2, verse 4. An assembling called all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Because they knew that if this Messiah, that everybody had seen the heavenlies and the wise men and all these things, they, they, they knew it was the anointed one. But, but Jesus hadn't even been anointed yet. In other words, the stars lined up. His birth was su- uh, supernatural. It lined up with Scripture. But then there was all this doubt, all this shadow, all this shame. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples. Let me tell you something when we get out of the sweet baby Jesus laying in a manger and we've been able to get with God the Father and the Holy Spirit and we consecrate ourselves and the Father wraps us with a mantle of an anointing, just like Jesus. When, 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 When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, that's when the miracle started. Now, Jesus was the Son of God in the fullness of the Godhead, but he was also humanity. But until his humanity was wrapped and clothed by Holy Spirit, when the dove came, you, you, know, you know the story, G- God speaks from heaven. This is my son who I'm well pleased. The dove comes and rests on him. The difference between me and Jesus was this. It says the dove remained. Sometimes my dove comes. Sometimes my dove goes. Sometimes I have to repent to get him back. Why? Be- be- because I have not brought my humanity into the place of total surrender. And many times I've had to walk that out. Mark chapter 8, verse 29. And he asked him, But who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ. In other words, you're the anointed one. You're the anointed one. My question is, why don't we as Christians pursue for others to see the anointing on us? Because if once Father has anointed us, people will see it and put a demand upon it. But I'm telling you, the anointing will will, will make people reject you. And some of us don't want the anointing because of the price and the cost. Matthew 16, verse 20, when he strictly charged the disciples to not tell anyone that he was the Christ. Jesus had wisdom. He said, I don't want them to know I'm the Christ yet. I don't want them to know that I'm the anointed one yet. Why? Because I'm not ready for that exposure. Luke four forty one. 41, the demons also came out of many crying, you are the son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Listen, Pilate in Matthew 27, says, Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. Listen, I believe that there's an anointing coming upon the body of Christ this year. We're ending 2020. This has been a horrendous year. But I believe that we are in the, in, 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 in the boundaries of a third great awakening, and I believe it started. I believe that, that the civil war in our nation has already been pronounced. The battle lines are being drawn. And if you look at the first great, awake, great awakening of our nation, it happened in the Revolutionary War. The second great awakening was in the Civil War. And we're in the middle of the third one right now. I believe that the, 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 the gun's gone off and, and it's time for the church to get along with the, with Christ, get along with Holy Spirit and become the anointed ones. He doesn't anoint you unless you have an assignment. The question is, have you spent time with him and figured out that you can't fulfill your assignment without the anointing? Hmm. Mark chapter 9, verse 41, For truly I say to you, whoever gives to you a cup of water to drink because you belong to the anointed one, the Christ, will by no means lose his reward. Luke 22, verse 67, if you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe me. Let me tell you something. People are not going to believe you unless they are demonstrated the anointing you carry. And sometimes talk won't do it. Power. Power. That's what the anointing brings. The anointing brings power. Luke 23, verse 35, and people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. Listen, when you step into the arena to say, God, I believe you've given me a purpose, okay, that's personal, that's your calling, that's your destiny, that's God's um, mandate for your life. Then you say, I see the timing. And I need the anointing. People are going to judge you. People are going to accuse you of not being worthy. People are going to say, who do you think you are? The question is they don't know you if that's what they're saying. But you can't let that doubt take you out. That sounds pretty good. Don't let their doubt take you out. John chapter 10, verse 24. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Listen, if the miracles, if the miracles, if the conviction that people are repenting doesn't convict people that, that, that you're anointed or God has sent you with the anointing, they don't want to know Jesus anyway. You... you You can talk to your blue in the face. So here's John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life by his name. I believe that we're in a transferring now. I'm, I'm going to break some of this down and i believe that 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 jesus is is transferring the anointing to the body of christ to the bride of christ in this season john chapter 15 verse 26 and 27 this is it this is just before now he's probably ministered the better part of 3 years he sees the transition coming it's an epic transition where Jesus is no longer on a walk on the earth. He's going to finish his assignment that he was anointed to do, and he's going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to set the captive free. He's going to recover sight to the blind, and this will be the acceptable year of the Lord. He's about to finish his assignment, and the anointing that he was given has taken him almost three, three and a quarter years. But here's what it says in John 15, 26, and 27. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father. From where? The father. Who's going to send it? Jesus is going to send it. So this little, you know, where's Christmas time? This little baby Jesus that had to live in shame, live in accusation, came to maturity, went to the temple when he was 12, dealt with the religious rulers, baffled them with his wisdom. Then he's baffled the world because he was anointed. He did miracles. He cast out devils. He raised dead people. They blind and the deaf heard. The validation that he was anointed has been established. Now is about to change because he's trying to tell us, the body of Christ, hey, I'm going to go, but I won't leave you comfortless. But when the helper comes, verse 26, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have. Been with me from the beginning. Here's this is the setup right here. Jesus is starting to transition. I'm finishing my work. I'm about. I'm listen. At this point, he's about a week and a half, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks in John 16 of finishing his assignment and handing the keys to the body of Christ through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. See verse 16. Uh, chapter 16 of John, 1 through 16, I'm going to break this down a little bit. Here's what Jesus is, he, he's in the transition period. He's in the middle of this political season. This is an administrative change from one party to the next. And the administration that was ruling is m- making a position to hand the keys, to hand the authority to us. Verse 1, I have seen all these things. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. In other words, there's a crisis coming. I'm telling you, if you've been a Christian for, for more than a week, and you look at the, the temperature of this nation and the temperature of the church, there's a crisis. And the Father, through the anointed Jesus and the anointed Holy Spirit, is saying, don't fall away. I'm giving you a comforter. Verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogues. Some of the religious rulers are going to be kicked out. Why? Because religion will not get the job done. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that they're offering service to God. Let me tell you something. There's times where you speak the truth, and they think that they're going to murder you because you actually uh, attacked the system that is an error. Say something about somebody who's in power and say their system's wrong. They'll murder you. Verse 3, and they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. They may know the Scriptures, they may know the system, but they don't know the Father and they don't know Jesus Christ. Verse 4, but I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you so. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Listen, Jesus was walking with them. He he wouldn't, you know, the crisis that happened around Christ was all the religious people were mad because everybody got healed. Everybody got fed from, from little fish and from loaves. Everybody saw the miracle. The crisis was that the religious wanted to attack him, but he was surrounded by, by disciples and multitudes that were sick and, and, and deprived, and they got around Jesus, and they found life, and they found light, and they found healing, and they, that was a party. Jesus wasn't telling them, gloom and doom, I'm about to leave, and all hell's going to break loose. But now the transition is happening. <laughs> but now I'm going to him who sent me, verse 5, and none of you asked me, where are you going, verse 6, but because I have said these things, you're sorrowful because you've filled your heart. Let me tell you something. This is Christmas 2020. We're four days from Christmas, and there's a bunch of Christians that have got sorrowful hearts because their president. The God-chosen man didn't make it. How do you know? It ain't over with? And no, it ain't really, man, none of your business. Let me tell you what God told me. He said, I'm God. Can I save a nation in a day? And I said, yes, you can. He goes, then you leave the day to me. Quit fretting. I need you in the next season. I'm about, I'm about to blow the doors off the church and get the church out in the streets. And I'm about to anoint them. Listen, don't get hung up. Don't get hung up in your sorrow. Don't get hung up in your, in your, your, your mully grubs and, 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 and get so entrenched on what you thought you had heard, and start understanding the sovereignty of Christ. And don't let sorrow, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Jesus is telling his disciples, as comfortable as you are with me, you need me to go. Let me convert it into Christmas 2020. As comfortable as you are in your religious church system, you might need to go out of it. We may need the rug pulled out from underneath this. We may need another shot of COVID to to, to get us to face our fears. I'm telling you, the comforter will not come. (laughs) But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So listen, if, if if in Luke 4, which I quoted earlier, Jesus was anointed to do X, Y, and Z, he's not going to send the Holy Spirit without an assignment. If Jesus came with an assignment, Holy Spirit comes with assignment. Here's his assignment. To concerning, all right, let me go back up. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Listen, the Holy Spirit is about to blow on on every man, woman, and child in this nation and around the world, and the conviction is, do you believe in Christ? Why? Because he is the answer to the sin problem. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Verse 11, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is, was coming after Jesus, and he was empowering the disciples to do these things, to deal with the sin problem and re- recognize Jesus? to deal with the righteousness because listen we've had self righteousness the body of christ is so self righteous we don't know how to be righteous because our righteousness comes from christ our righteousness comes from jesus christ the and god the father if you if your righteousness has is tainted with your humanity it isn't worth squat hmm verse 12 i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. (laughs) So when you've got this empowerment of the comforter in you, he's going to whisper, he's going to speak, he's going to reveal, you're going to have visions, and you won't be caught off guard. He's going to give you a a, 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 a pre-recorded taped vision, taped purpose to where fear has no place because you are armed with truth. He will glorify me, verse 14, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Holy Spirit will take everything Jesus is, everything Jesus has, and declare it to who? Me. 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 Verse 15, all that the Father has is mine. So everything the Father has, just as Jesus talking, is his. (laughs) Therefore, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So everything that the Father's given Jesus, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you, guess what? I have power of attorney. I'm going to say a bold statement. I have, a, I have as much authority as Jesus Himself because he, he has given me the power of attorney. Now make your little pea brain go tilt. Verse 16, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while you will see me. In other words, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. Because I'm not leaving you comfortless. I'm not leaving you without the third person of the Godhead. I'm not leaving you without comfort. I'm not leaving you without anointing. I'm not leaving you without insight. I'm not leaving you without truth. I'm not leaving you beat up, kicked around, battling fear. So Jesus leaves. He gets crucified. He leaves. Why? Because this was the purpose of his birth. We, we, rep, we, we just we sing hallelujah songs. We sing way in the manger songs. Those are great, but that's the beginning. That's the beginning. I love the end where he said it's finished, and everything he did, he gave to me. Everything he is, he gave to me. Why? Because he crawled up on the inside of me, and he lives in me. So if the anointed one lives in me, should I, and can I, could I say, I am anointed? <laughs> if I have power of attorney over everything that the Father gave Jesus, the Holy Spirit revealed that everything Jesus had, he gave to me through the Holy Spirit. I have everything I need to be powerful. I have everything I need to cast out devils. I have everything I need to have insight. I have everything I need to have knowledge beyond my own understanding. But here's the greatest thing. Holy Spirit, when, when, when Holy Spirit is given to you, you have everything the Father gave Christ, and you have everything Christ is living in you. And it's Jesus' Jesus's purpose was to take away the sins of the world, was it not? <laughs> to reconcile us back to the Father. So many people have given their heart to Jesus, but they've never reconciled with the Father they 've given their heart to Jesus, and they walked an aisle. They became a good episcopal, they became a good Presbyterian, became a good Baptist, they became a good independent Pentecostal tongue talking walking but if you don 't know the Father, you will have a false identity jesus 's real goal was to take away the sins of the world, take away the keys from the devil, and give them to us and Introduce us to the Father. He's my example. John chapter 20, verse 19 and 23. I'm going to be finished here in a little bit. Here's what I want to say to you. Did Jesus, my question is, did Jesus fulfill his purpose? Did he take away the sins of the world? Did he reconcile us with the Father who gave everything to Jesus, who then told the Holy Spirit to reveal everything that he has and give us to us? Look, look at the definition of this. On verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. This is the first visitation after crucifixion to disciples just like us. Then he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, when the disciples were glad that they showed that they saw the Lord, verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. It didn't change. The Father has sent me, I am sending you. It, would, it be, would it be the most unfair thing for God the Father to send Jesus unanointed? That would have been unfair. He could have never finished his purpose. He could have never fulfilled his destiny if the Father didn't anoint Jesus. How much unfairness would it be for Jesus to send us unanointed and put a demand to cast out devils, raise the dead, Heal the sick, reconcile people to Christ, reconcile people to to the Father, reconcile people to each other. That would be just to be seriously unfair for God and Jesus and Holy Spirit to put a demand on me to do what only I can do if I'm anointed by Him. And I don't believe that He does that. Jesus said, verse twenty-one, to them again, "Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me." Even so, I am sending you, verse 22. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them. He breathed on him. What did he do? He gave them, those disciples, the anointing, the purpose, the internal combustion engine of why Jesus was sent from a virgin Born sinless, he fulfilled his promise. All that churning on the inside of Jesus. Not the anointing on the outside from when the dove came. That, that comes in Acts chapter 2. But this inside ability to know his purpose, the inside ability to know that he was anointed to fulfill the task. But here's, here's what I'm saying. Catch this. <laughs> Verse 32, when he said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit how many have received the Holy Spirit? (laughs) You're in the same place these guys are. Verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven then. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Do you realize the finished work that the Father anointed Jesus in Luke 4? Born of a virgin, ridiculed, shamed, mocked, and then wise men came and brought a bunch of money to him so they could escape death, go to another nation, go to the temple at twelve, gets anointed by the father, and the miracles start happening. The purpose is come into alignment. Then he gets crucified. And he forgives everyone. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they've done. On the cross, he declared what he was sent for. He finishes his work. He had explained that he would not leave them without the comforter. He explained that that basically I'm going to anoint you to finish what I've already accomplished. And Right there in John chapter 20, he gave us the same power to forgive. Pastor Mike, your sins are forgiven. What you did to me, I hold not against you. They're gone. Or I could be bitter. I could be resentful. And it would show in my face. Because what you did to me would actually be on my shoulders now because I didn't have the ability to reach into the Holy Spirit, the anointing, and forgive that sin, that error, that judgment. So why was Jesus born? So he could finish reconciling man to the Father and hand us the keys, hand us the keys to destroy the works of the devil. The church... Is about to enter in an age of anointing. In this next few weeks between Christmas and New Year's, I'm pleading with everybody I know get alone with God, find out what His purpose for you is. And I sat with Pastor Louie and, 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 and Pastor John, and, 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 and I heard their hearts about evangelism. And I'm, I walked away going, Lord, it's time to anoint them. They've been anointed, but it's time to refire. It's time to re empower. It's time to recommission. But I'm telling you, I heard the Lord say, Well, that comes with consecration. That's your choice. The anointing's already been given, but it gets activated by your commitment, it gets activated by your purpose your God-given purpose. And I'm telling you, we are in a season that if you want to fulfill your purpose, consecrate yourself before God, get before God, make that commitment, and demand the anointing that he's already given you to start manifesting. And he will challenge you. He, he will ask you, are you full of fear or are you full of faith? Are you going to well, w- willing to take a risk and let me be God? Are you willing to let Holy Spirit give you words of knowledge, words of wisdom? Are you willing to take a chance and watch the supernatural take over? Time to back off your fears. And I believe the best way to walk in an anointing is to make sure you have no unforgiveness toward anyone. And he breathes the Holy Spirit on you. You, you, many of us have had the Holy Spirit breathed in us, on us, and everything else. But if we haven't taken that and forgiven those who've hurt us, forgiven the church system that abused us, quick, get, get rid of your stinking excuses and find out why, why the anointing is not manifesting what you know God has already given you. And it's time. I really believe that this is the season. It's Christmas time. Why don't you become the present and present yourself to God the Father? It's Christmas time. Wrap yourself in your your own rags and cover, cover what you need to cover with the blood, but become the present for Jesus to open up, to unwrap, to anoint, and to use to expand the kingdom. Bow your head. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this time. I thank you for the turmoil that this nation is in. Because I feel like you're stirring the pot within the church, within the nation, and within people groups and nations, ethnosis. And you said that the ethnosis (laughs) would be against each other, and we're seeing that. But the church would become one. The bride would become pure. And Father, I thank you that you are purifying the bride but you're anointing us for a purpose. So, Lord, I'm asking you to quicken every individual, to present themselves as a gift to you, for you to use, for you to anoint, for you to recalibrate your purposes, our purposes. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your ability to forgive. And Father, I thank you that you've already written it out. You've already planned it out. And we win because you've already won. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.